Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets. My man, Tom Jacobs, coming to us from the UK. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? It's been a uh, it's been a bit of a fun week. We just see Gary Higo just lap the field again. Um, he did cost me an Adrian House Rory McIlroy double, which I decided to post. Uh, so that was painful to watch, but uh, he gave it a go, Adrian, on the final day. Are you sure Higo cost you that, or did uh, Audrey cost you that with uh, the two OBs on the part oh, five yeah. Saturday I mean, yeah. morning? I mean, it wasn't Higo, was it? But you know, I like <laughs> to play in the winner. It's easier. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's easy. And, you know, it's also going to be easy is when Higo shows up at Kiowa, you know, just keeps it rolling, probably minus 25 once again. Easy, easy victory. Just keeps strolling inside the top 30, 20 of the world. No problem for the 21-year-old. Eight-shot win like Rory McIlroy in 2012. My goodness, man. What a what a stretch he did on the islands. Um, you know, really, really pumped for for what's ahead. Um, and you know, we've we've talked from the inception of the show why we love the European tour is the buildup of this talent and what they're going to do in some of these bigger stages. We have John Catlin, you know, a winner just before that we were on, um, now playing at the Byron Nelson this week. Peters, Rosner playing there, and then uh, a whole lot of them at the PGA Championship. So looking forward to that. But let's talk this week, the the Betfred British Masters uh, back at the Belfry, legendary course over there. I think you probably do more justice than I would kind of describing the course a little bit. We've seen it for a few Ryder Cups in the day. Uh, we saw it last year for Rasmus Hoygaard um, with a victory. But what are your thoughts on the course? Yeah, so it's pretty stereotypical sort of Parkland British course, really, that has a little bit of class about it, has uh, some tests on there. And, you know, I don't think there's any, I, there's not a sort of event that I kind of see it as correlative to. Um, I just look at previous British Masters. I look at former Wentworth, um, you know, just things like that, because I think they're all fairly to the test over here, um, unless you get out on the links, which obviously we see is a completely different test after all. Yeah, and if you looked into the strokes gain stats from the one time we played this course when we had them on the European tour, the, the leaders just, you know, irons dialed in. You had to be hitting those approaches close. You know, you didn't really, if you're leaving yourself with chips, you know, you're not really having uh, an ability. I mean, you know, Hoygaard, Walters, who were in that playoff last year, Benjamin Hebert, Martin Keimer, you know, you know, of those guys collectively, they were losing strokes around the green. So does off the tee help a little bit? Yes, but I really think you have to be really, really good with the irons, really good putting. Um, and, and that's kind of the success and the way I'm looking at it from a simple phrase, you know, of, of just that and who's trending with the irons, potentially some deeper numbers. And I anticipated on some golfers. So, um, but we'll just go right into the top with our odds. And, Oh, I guess before we even start, please be sure. Um, this is a Wednesday tee off. So yeah. it's going to be Wednesday AM 2 AM is going to be the lock in the Eastern standard time. So, which is 7 AM across the pond. Um, so make sure you pay aware that's a, a day earlier start. This is, you're listening to this, hopefully Monday night, Tuesday, make sure to lock those lineups, get those bets in quickly as uh, it's important for the early start. They're doing that for the PGA championship to get them over in time. A day of help definitely um, is appreciated for those guys. And the, the tournament's hosted by Danny Willett. So a lot on his plate this week, the one and only Danny Willett, um, you know, excited for him as he keeps going. But if we start at the top of the odds board, Bob Mack, you know, gearing up. Now we see him as the favorite over in Europe. That's, uh, you know, our, our guy, what we see, you know, what has come out of him. It's been, you know, again, incredible run as we see the deepest odds of him as 14 to one. 
You'd say Martin Keimer is probably the one paired with him near the top of the board. Bernd Wiesberger in the 20s. Both of us are avoiding these three and starting our cards at 25 to 1. Tom, which one are you picking there? Yeah, and before we go into the picks, I think that that kind of says everything that we're starting off those because you are a big Bob McIntyre fan, believer, and I think you know a lot of people are. And I cannot justify him and Keimer and Wiesberger being shorter than these two guys that we've gone for. And it was really between the two for me. Um, I've gone for Sam Horsfield, purely over Rasmus Hoygaard. Hoygaard got the uh, win here at the UK Championship last year. Um, but I just think over a collective force, I think that, that Sam Horsfield's played very, very well in, in Wales. He's won and played well there. Um, he's played well in British Masters in the past, 5th and 10th. Played well at Wentworth, 15th. And I just think there's a big body of work there that when he returns to his home, if you like to call it that, he's pretty much American. But, you know, he he absolutely loves it. And I just think that although you you view Sam Horsfield as a guy that needs a lot of room off the tee, he can actually play these courses really, really well. And, and I expect him to play well again. Yeah, it was, you know, fractions making this decision between the two. I'm, I'm on the other. You know, I, I, it was very, very close to see Horsefield, Hoygaard coming in at the same number, you know, digging through the tea leaves and making my decisions. It's, you know, the, the form definitely is better from a high level. When you look at what Horsefield has done, Um, I think from the standpoint of um, the peripherals, you know, Hoygaard's irons have been excellent. If you look and see, you know, his last time out, on the European tour would have been a 12th place finish where it was one of his best iron performances of his short European tour career so far. And then in addition, you look into the Zurich, he played with Vaughn Taylor, pretty odd pairing. You know, you don't expect them to make too, too much of a noise. They missed the cut on the nose. Um, but Rasmus really led that, that team, that duo minus five during the alternate shot or during the, um, the best ball and all of the birdies came from, from him, which is funny. He really carried that team. And then if you look at his Valspar numbers, both him and Horsfield did play in the Valspar and sponsors exemptions, both missed the cut on the number, but in two rounds, Hoygaard did gain almost three strokes ball striking, which was second to the one and only Doug Gim, who could not make a putt that week um, of those that made the, or that didn't make the weekend in ball striking. So Hoygaard's game continues to show these, this life of irons that I think of him as a bomber that got away with a lot off the tee and gave himself more opportunity and wasn't the best iron player, but that in 2021, this season here has really turned the corner. So I think with the win that he has in the past uh, at this course, I like it at 25 to one and you don't see us normally in this range, but we have both have a pick and I wouldn't have, you know, it's, it's just, hairs that you're dealing with picking between the two yeah and also you had that second place finish at last year's british masters to uh renato paratore as well and he, so he was on an incredible run wasn't he it was a two six third one so um and he'd already won earlier in the year in mauritius so yeah i think i think these two players have been the biggest beneficiaries of the you no know, fans the, the you know the, the covid interruptions because i think they've both come out and, and dominated really and I was saying on the podcast before that I, I felt like Hoyga, uh, uh, Horsfield had slightly more longevity in his career. I think he adapts maybe better to America than I expect Hoygaard to, which is really unfair because Hoygaard's younger. You know, he's only, you know, just 
team. So it's it's kind of it's hard to make a prediction already. I just I just feel that Hoygaard might be the guy that sails off and kind of enjoys this run, which is fine for what we need in Steelers League. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, we're, we're looking at four rounds ahead of us. Yeah. And I agree, you know, I mean, and you mentioned his brother, you know, we talked, had the same conversation. We don't even know which one's going to be the better of the two Hoygar brothers. You know, yeah. we met Nikki, you know, a couple of weeks ago and he had another really good week last week. Um, so I was actually surprised to not see him in the field this week because mm. I probably would have been on him too. Um, but that kind of from, you know, when I, when I'm investing in this range, it leaves the middle for me kind of out of question sometimes I I'd prefer to go a bit deeper. Um, who's sticking out to you in the mid range? Is there anybody that you are in on um, around here? So I've gone to Sammy Valamaki, someone that we've not had for a little while now. Um, I think he went off the boil a little bit, didn't play for a long time between the WGC and the last two events he's played. Um, and he also just went off the boil and, and I think he will quickly kind of given up on him a little bit and maybe thought he's a bit of a flash in the pan, but I don't think he is. You look at the last two weeks that he's played and he's been up there without having his best goal. So he's been uh, 22nd and 27th, I think it is, uh, with, with pretty poor final rounds. Um, and his irons haven't been great. And then why does that give me confidence? I suppose it's just because I think that he doesn't have to play that much better to really contend. If he's playing that well and finishing that high without his best stuff, then what can he do when he does find it? Because he will find it again. Um, and you look at the fact he's won in Wales, he's played very, very well in England. Uh, play by Wentworth. I, that to me just gives me a lot of confidence that he can go in and take on a course like the Belfry and, and uh, kick off. And there's something to be said about what I would refer to as prolific winners, but golfers who early in their career, even in the, the lower ranking tours, are able to be victorious. Um, yeah. You know, Valamaki did it as an amateur on the on these these lower tours, Nordic Golf League. Um, and so, yeah, you don't worry about that when he's in contention on Sunday, you just more, you know, you think he's going to, to, to take it, take it home. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, you know, the one that was intriguing to me that I'll probably end up playing a, a decent bit on DraftKings, which did boost their, their, uh, top prize for this week on DraftKings. It's now 5k to first, um, for their, their big GPP. It's a $12 entry instead of $8 entry, but 5k to first, um, so make sure we fill that up with the early start. Um, but Audrey Arnas, 45 to one to your yeah. point. Yeah. You know, he's, he's had two excellent weeks in a row. Does he, he just has the Sunday scare. Well, I wouldn't even say it's like the contention scares in the sense. Yeah, of it's, it's, it's not the weekend, he played really well know? Sunday, didn't he? He was he, excellent. He threw himself out of it on the side. So he's like, he said with his two OB balls and, yep. and that's because, and he did the same in Qatar earlier in the year, which, which put me off for so long is that he was, he was great after two rounds. Look like he was going to have a chance Saturday back nine folds, and it's and it doesn't even happen on the Sunday. And I think what's going to have to happen is either going to have to build up an insurmountable lead on a Saturday, or he's just going to have to do what he did yesterday and just go absolutely ham off the tee for nine holes and hope that Garrett Higo doesn't kick on, which he did. Yep. Um, he just had too much left to do, didn't he? Yep, and and that ends up being the thing where, yeah, you it was maybe you know carefree play because. He, he didn't really have a chance at, at, you know, there wasn't that point that you felt, okay, this is, this is really a sweat. Once Higo aced it, uh, I think on six or seven, you know, that was, that was pretty much over. Um, but so if I'm going to keep going on the, to me, it's, I think my favorite bet of the week, the one I woke up this morning, ready to fire on. Um, actually I have a pair of them. The second one we are both on the, this one right here. When I think Britain golf, you know, when I think conditions up, 
scores are difficult, you know, and, and the wind looks like it could play a factor this week. Um, I think Eddie Pepperell, man. And, and when, you know, you get this delight of a golfer and Eddie trending, you know, over the weekend, you know, leads T to green on Sunday leads the week in greens and regulation. Um, th- that's fun. Betting on Eddie Pepperell is fun. And I think, you know, he's now turning into a very trendy pick overall this week. Red hot Ben Coley is on him um, as well. I, I just, you know, if you just see a glimpse of form, cause it felt like it hasn't been there with Eddie. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see it a little bit, you get a pretty good number in this field in a track that should suit. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got two candidates like that. You've got Andrew Johnston and yeah. you've got Eddie Pepperell and they're both popular for very different reasons. Uh, Eddie Pepperell is probably the most British person you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, he's very dry sense of humor uh very well to do where he wants to be and beef is just your your lad down the pub that everyone loves because he's he eats too much food and drinks too much beer um and apparently it's a contractual obligation to call him andrew beef johnson as opposed to just andrew johnston on the uh, on the commentary um but yeah i mean eddie pepperell is possibly one of the nicest people you'll ever meet i'd have thought um he thanked me for his support at wentworth once when i actually watched him play one hole uh so you know, it, it was it's nice, and I think in terms of golf, he's actually very really good. He had that really good run, didn't he? Two or three years um, where he just looked like he was going to kick on and and didn't do so. Um, and I think he's someone. He's such a deep thinker, um, and I think that sometimes is a negative. I think you can get in your own way at times, um, and that might have been what's happened to him. And all of a sudden, it also helps you get out of a rut just because you get into it as well. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree and think, again, a glimmer of hope of his game where it seemed lost at times. It's like, okay, this could be time. You might not get this number in this type of event again. So really looking forward to that. Um, The next one, I'll let you um, talk about the Wonder Boy, the ball-striking maniac right now of Maverick Anglif. So he always comes to my attention because I just think it's Top Gun. Um, so, you know, Maverick is, he's got the best first name in golf. There's not even a question about it. Uh, second, third and fourth for the last three weeks in uh, strokes gain approach. Very good par five scoring numbers. He's 13th in that. He's green. I think he's 14th on the season as well. Um, second last week, I thought his number was just going to be a lot lower. Uh, we don't really have too much evidence to suggest that he's going to be great in this kind of event. What really kind of got me hooked in the end because I was trying to talk myself out of it. I sent you a message and said, you know, talk me out of it. And you said, I can't because I've gone with him as well. Um, he shot 78 in the first round last year and come back and, and shot 70 in round two. And for me, if he'd have shot 78, 75, he's got nothing to come into this year with any sort of confidence, but he's best his score by eight shots in the second round. And to me, that just grabbed my attention. Uh, I think he can carry on a good form. I think that Irons, like you said at the start of the show, this is where they come to the fore. We talked about people like Sean Crocker, we talked about Matthias Schwab, people that have been playing in these events and get left behind because they can't make enough putts. This sort of event, I think they could probably, um, you know, come to the fore with their irons and with the small greens, there's going to be less free putt opportunities. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, when you see a, a month of ball striking like he has had, um, where it's, second in this field, third in this field, you know, and to get him at the price makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're thinking, well, we just jumped into the hundreds, you know, we're, we're getting into the long shots here. 
No, we, we I, I'm still betting Guido. Come on, guys. It's it's 80 to one. It's it's they're they're doubling the number for us here. He's lulling them to sleep. The books are out here posting it for us. Of course, we're going back. Guido loves a links test. I think he was in the mix. It would have been uh, at uh, the old course at St. Andrews. Um, we've seen him shoot very well there. Um, is this going to be more Parksland than Linksy? Yes, of course. But do I need any bit of excuse to bet on Guido? No. You know it's coming. It's inevitable. 80 to 1. Let's keep it rolling. You know, miscut. Last time we saw him after a miscut, bounced back with a 15th. Just needed a, a little bit of weekend rest get him into these conditions. And I think he does do better with a more difficult test of golf. You know, if you see that eight, nine, you know, minus seven, that one, when he finished second to Rosner, those might be the best opportunities for Guido. So we'll probably see a teens victory here this week, low teens, but um, yeah, 80 to one, hundred percent going back into our favorite Italian out there. Um, but let's go into our really long shots. Tom, I have, Two more left. Um, let's go for your one first, because I was pretty close on this guy. Yeah, first of all, I found the best Guido gif earlier, and he just says Guido approved, and it's Ooh. DJ Paulie D off of uh, Jersey Shore. And, yeah, it's yes. great. So that's going to get used this week at some point. Good. Um, Julian Suri um, led the field last week's in strokes gain approach, and that always catches my eye. This guy is uh, a phenomenal talent. Um, he won a couple of times already had a long time off of his injury and the problem with him is he can throw a foul ball in there because that can really ruin his scores and i've been watching him very closely recently because uh his caddy came on the lost words podcast and you know he was very upbeat about his game and and you know he's played very very well in british masters in the past uh he's played well at this golf course last year where he was actually banging contention i think he was sixth or eighth after uh 36 holes last year and he and he shot a 77 in round three um, but he was also uh, tied for second in the British Martin in 2018, three shots back, um, and had a poor final round as well. And that's kind of him all over. He has the ability to have that one errant round, which I guess you can almost attribute to Guido in a sense. I think Guido's got a bit more killer instincts, but I think that he he has a similar sort of uh, game. They're very aggressive. They make a lot of putts when they need to. Um, and and I, thought, I just think he's got an abundance of talent, and he's probably... He's not in the wrong place in the market because his his inconsistent form is is what leads to that price. But I think his high ceiling suggests that he can be a 40 50s one player on his day. Yeah, I love the talent. You know, love rooting for Surrey American that has shown up in some big time places. I, I agree. Um, I am worried that he has to keep the ball in play. You know, to be able to have a finish that he did with how bad he was off the tee was quite spectacular because it was, I think a OB ball once a day, you know, if not three of the four days he had one. Um, so yeah, if, if you eliminate those, he's pushing twenties, um, and having a really strong weekend, it's probably half the number. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, I have a friend, Ryan Baroff, who will be very excited because he was trying to convince me into um, getting on Surrey this week. So he'll be rooting with you, Tom. So um, I'm going to to keep going down into the long shots and I'll kind of pair this these two together because it's simple. It is trending Tita Green irons. One of them has better finishes than the other. One of them has probably a better pedigree than the other. And one of them I did bet last week, and that's Dodo Molinari, Eduardo Molinari at 200 to one. Um, you know, again, what he continues to do from 
an approach standpoint, from a ball striking standpoint, it's ridiculous. His finishes are, are so bad, honestly. I mean, he's, his best finish is 28th in the last um, seven weeks. And, you know, five of those were miscuts, but he's gone back to back weekends made and he's sniffed around contention, I guess, in both of them found himself a triple bogey early on um, last week that kind of ruined, ruined the vibe a little bit, but he played well enough. He put a lot of birdies up there, missed some shorty putts. Um, So I think, you know, getting him in two hundreds and this type of thing. And again, more pedigree than most um, kind of down in this range. So I I really do like Molinari. And then if you looked at um, Xander Lombard, um, so Xander is a golfer who we now see with four straight made cuts, 24th, 45th, 42nd, 19th, all positive strokes gained approach, all trending into the right direction. Um, he, you know, withdrew at this event last year, at this course last year. I overall really um, am intrigued to continue his. And again, he was available um, at two fifties um, at some of the books here in the States that were playing uh, a decent amount of places. So I I'm very intrigued to him. I know you have books that are offering uh, up to 10 places with that Fred being the sponsor. So yeah. that does make a huge difference in betting some of these long shots, but six places for some of these guys. I'm very intrigued at. Um, so those would be my, my uh, last two that I would be rounding out my card with. Yeah. I mean, like I said the other day, Eduardo Molinari's, if anyone's going to believe in himself from an approach and tee screen and standpoint, it's him. Um, I think he's finding out that the pot is probably more important that he's putting the stock into. Uh, unfortunately, Xander Lombard is a talent that he can go low on any given day. Like He can just go and shoot seven, eight under. Uh, it's going to be tough on this kind of golf course, but um, he's so volatile, and that's why he's 250 to 1. But his actual top-grade talent, uh, you look at all these recent South African winners, and you, and you, you don't think he's the top person that's going to be far behind. Uh, so I think it's always worth having one on your card at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see Hago yeah. winning, you see Wilco Nienaber winning, yep. you see Charles Schwartzel, just a resurgence, you know, it's, it's coming up all South Africa, you know, beware for Kiowa for, for these guys to continue to take over. Um, any more catch your eye at these, these, uh, these so ranges. There was two that I didn't, we had discussed earlier and I've just spoken on the podcast. One was Skio Seagrest, who I, I don't know if that's how you say his name. It sounds like Ryan Seagrest, but it's not. Um, French golfer, he, he's had limited success really, but he's 22nd and 12th the last two starts. Um, and, and that was kind of enough to catch my eye. And then he's been first in the Galgorn Resort in Northern Ireland. So he's played well in Britain before, played well at Valderrama last year. I think it was tied 12th. So... You know, he's played some really tough golf course as well. He's hitting the ball nicely. So that was someone that caught my eye at 201. I'm not sure what the, the winning upside is in him. The other guy's 400 to 1. Uh, he should be 400 to 1 because he's been terrible for the best part of two years. Um, but he is the only person on the European tour to shoot 59 uh, in Oliver Fisher. And I just think that when he comes and finishes 12th last week, that's really eye-catching. Like, he shot three rounds of 66 or better. Um, best round of the week was on Sunday. Gives you a lot of confidence. And when you look back at, what you know, when he's actually made the cut uh, in recent years, because it has been how many has he made it in recent years, um, it's been at the UK Championship, uh, the English Championship, sorry, and the British Masters in this event. He's had two really good finishes in the British Masters in the past. Um, I think he's that is streaky um, and if he's going to go and carry on from that 65 last week on Sunday and carry it into this week then uh, I think 401 on a player that we know has the pedigree I mean, this is a guy that 
was coming out of Roy McIlroy, who's just won. I don't like to really buy into those inspirational angles, but if you got a text from his mate, you know, saying, you know, you can do this, blah, 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 maybe you can do it. You know, 400 to 1. I, like I say to you every week, when you chuck out these uh, these amateurs and these uh, posties and, and and Oliver Sanchez's and, and people like that, Oliver Fisher has got pedigree there. Uh, he can win, has won. Um, yeah, I think that there's, uh, there's chances for him. Alejandro Tosti broke my heart last week as he missed the cut on the number. And I had a five of six in DraftKings. But he was right up there as well, wasn't he? he, he I, I woke up Thursday morning. I'm like, this kid's the greatest golfer in the world. It's going to be great to cast this, this bet, 275 or whatever it was. I was like, all right, we're, we're, you know, we, we keep making the money. Let's do it. But he missed the cut on the number. And I had a five of six that was just a incredible lineup. I'm trying to see where it ended up finishing last week. It was, it was in second Lennison. Yeah. It was finished eighth out of there, you know, and if Tosi makes the weekend that makes a run for the top prize, that'd have been exciting um, overall. And I will add one more thing, no prices. I guess I will type in three, six, five, just to see um, as we see, there has been um, a, a withdrawal. Will Besseling is now out of the event. Uh, Richard Manzil is now out of the event. Um, so there'll probably be some updates regarding that, but I am, um, hearing the rumors. I don't know if you hear it coming, Tom, if you hear it in the background, there's a little bit of that rumbling, right? It's the train tracks are picking up our boy, Ju young, Tom Kim looks to be making his European tour debut. We had a scare once where he was going to play in Austria. To start off COVID, didn't end up doing it. He lost in a playoff just last week on the Asian tour. Kid's a phenom, absolute phenom. And if we get him in this field, you can bet your bottom dollar, I will be betting him. They could price him as, up as the favorite, and I, you have to. It's like a Guido. You just got to, you know, tout Tom Kim in these opportunities. So really excited. Uh, I might see if we can have a direct line, if Pat can call up DraftKings and say, Please add Ju Hyung to the player pool. Anything we can do this week to get some odds for the young gun. I'm really jacked to see him get an opportunity, um, Tom. But with that, let's run down your card for the week. Yes, I'm going for Sam Horsfield, Sammy Valamaki, uh, Maverick Encliffe, and Julian Suri as definites. Uh, and then Gio Seagrest, who sounds like Ryan Seacrest, and Oliver Fisher. Uh, 400 to one. I just think there's enough in that that little performance last week to suggest he could be uh, on his way back. Absolutely. I'm going with Rasmus Hoygaard at 25, Eddie Pepperell, 66, Guido Migliazzi, 80, Maverick Ancliffe, hundreds, Xander Lombard was 250. Uh, the deepest I saw Eduardo Molinari was 270 at FanDuel Sportsbook. But if you want some places in the States, you're going to have to pay about 200 uh, to one for Molinari. And then whatever they price up, Tom Kim. So excited for Ju Hyung to hopefully be making that. Hopefully that's real news, not fake news for us. Um, but when, please when feel like free. Five to one, are you going to bet on him or is it just, you know? Yeah, I think be? I think so. I think we'd have to still, you know. Uh, also, if Maverick wins next week, we're wearing aviators and oh, some 100%. sort of flight jacket. Yes. Um, and then yep. giving out all our favorite European tour picks for the uh, the PGA Championship, which we've got. Yep. So to. Excited for us. It. Right on the horizon. Feel free. Uh, make sure you rate review, subscribe to us on YouTube here, but also 
If you can subscribe to us on any podcast platform that you are listening to this on, it'll be Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix. If you type that in, you'll be able to find this. And there is a plethora of different sports on that network, being able to highlight different, uh, you know, more niche sports for the week that we see. Pat's preview always, um, you know, you can find out as well. So please feel free. Again, Tom, where can they find you on Twitter? Yep, so you can find me on TomJacobs93 on Twitter. You can also find me on the Lost Words podcast. And one thing I want to mention before we go, uh, the PJ Championship next week. Now, every every major event, whether it's actual major, WGC, or the players, whatever, we like to pick a European pool of players uh, to put that name up. 2012 Kiowa Island, Roy McIlroy beats David Lynn by eight shots. So that's a Northern Irish beating an English player. you then got Paul Peterson... Ian Poulter and Justin Rose in tied third. And then you've got Jamie Donaldson and Peter Hansen tied seventh. It was the most European dominated major of, you know, apart from probably the Open Championship. Um, so if you want to mix in some Europeans, I think this is the time. That doesn't mean going back Gary Kigo because he's not European, he is South African, although he's on the European tour, don't mix the things up. Um, although everyone's going to back him because he's the hottest golf in the world right now. Um, but yeah. I mean, I just think it's a great time to get on some of the European tour talent. Absolutely. No, it's a great, great uh, pub for us next week. Excited for that. But also, you know, again, Wednesday start, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, lock day early. Feel free to fill up those DraftKings contests. Um, and best of luck. Please find me Twitter at Skyhook DFS podcast ultimate shot with my man, Brian DeCordy, access um, to follow us right there but again this is uh the european tour picks and bets at the mayo media network thank you guys again for your support and we'll see you next week